Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's good to see each and every one of you here today on this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we welcome you. As the, this is the day when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and uh, and we welcome everyone here. And glad that you are are uh, are here to celebrate this special day with us this morning. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us, and hope that uh, you'll feel very much a part of our our uh, family this morning. Let me remind everyone to. Uh, uh, take the attendance sheets on each row and fill those out if you would, uh, wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, check the appropriate box. Give us whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us. We would appreciate it. Go ahead and take your phone and check in on, uh, on your social media accounts there. Let everybody know you're here this morning. And um, let me call to your attention a few announcements. First of all, uh, we had a great vacation Bible school uh, this week. It's been it was a wonderful week. As as you know, we we share this time with uh, First Christian Church and St. Paul's Episcopal Church and the Presbyterian Church, and, um, and we hosted it this week, and it was a wonderful time. We had kids running around here all all uh, all this week and uh, uh, dancing around. Had uh, stuff up here on the screen, and it was just a lot of fun. Um, as a matter of fact, I even got a pie in the face. Uh, <laughs> there was a contest that, that we were collecting paper towels for, for Henderson Christian Outreach, and the, the class that, that brought the most got to put a pie in the pastor's face. And the preschoolers got it. So so watch out if you're in preschool. I'm, <laughs> I'm after you. Uh, but anyway, it was a great time. <laughs> uh, no, it was a great, great time. Thank you. We, we have some things that are coming up, though. Uh, next week is Father's Day, and so we'll be having our Father's Day breakfast at 9 o'clock next Sunday uh, morning, and so we invite you to come and be a part of that. On June the 23rd, <clears throat> we will be recognizing our graduating seniors, and so we look forward to that as well. And um, on June the 19th, we'll be having a blood drive here at the church. Uh, Jika's not not here yet, but Pam, I understand that she's not listening to me. Pam, Pam, Pam. <laughs> I understand that you're taking. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she she's taking. Uh, <laughs> No. It is good. Yes, we need people to give blood, but we also need volunteers to help with the process as well. And Kelsey, I think you have something to say about our youth, so so come on up and say it now. I felt like I hadn't been up here in a hot minute, so I wanted to turn to. Um, so the youth got to help with Vacation Bible School. We had a super good time. Um, starting tomorrow, we have youth Bible study every Monday from 6.30 to 7.30. So if anyone wants to come, everyone's welcome, um, especially our youth. So bring a friend, and there's probably going to be snacks. 
Um, and then once a week, we're going to have a fellowship or a volunteer opportunity. So if you want, there's these fun little calendars that Gary was giving out up front. Um, if you guys have any ideas or want to help or participate with us, let me know. And then I'm trying to find what day I put it on. On July 7th, we're going to do a progressive dinner. And for those of you that don't know what that is, we used to do them all the time whenever I was younger. It's where we go to one family's house and have appetizers, go to another's family's house for, like, actual dinner, and then another family for dessert. So if anyone would like to participate and host our awesome youth, I promise they will eat and they are well-behaved. So just let me know. You can talk to me today or text me or whatever. And then I think that's all. Thanks. Okay, Father's Day kind of snuck up on us there. So uh, after the service, if you can help bring something next week for the Father's Day breakfast, just see me and we'll start a list. Since we don't have Wednesday night service, we need to kind of get it together today. And sorry about that, Father's Day. (laughs) That's okay. We're used to being an afterthought. Don't you feel sorry for us? <laughs> you know, you know. Back in the day, they 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 used to say back in the day when you had landlines and you know long distance and that kind of thing. They used to say that that uh, Mother's Day was the day when most un uh, most uh, long distance phone calls were made on Mother's Day, and Father's Day was the day when most collect phone calls were made. <laughs> Some of these young people have no idea what that means. <laughs> let's stand and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Everyone standing for prayer. Please pray with me. O God of our community and the whole community of believers, it is right and good that we pause on this day of Pentecost to think about the way that your sweet, sweet spirit moves among us. We thank you, Lord, for the community of faith with which we pray. We thank you for the differences among us by which we are enriched. For your amazing grace that forgives and restores us. For new insights from ancient words. For hymns and prayers that are offered in the spirit of worship. For Christian friends who perceive our strengths when we can't. For words of encouragement, affection, and trust. For shared laughter. For the healing of wounds and hope shining as a light in the darkness. For all of these things, O God, we give you thanks. We wonder how we can reach out to those who struggle with pain that we may not even be able to fathom. We wonder how we can make a difference in a hungry world. We wonder how we will just meet the demands of this week. So we pray that you would give us the strength that we need to be your church, to accept the cost and the joy of discipleship, and to be gracious in service of others, to proclaim your good news to the world. Teach us the value of extending our hand in love and speaking a word in care, providing food for the hungry and a word to lift a lonely spirit. In other words, O God, use us for the sake of your kingdom as we seek to be your presence in this world of need. For we pray this in the name of our Lord and our friend, Jesus Christ. Amen.
morning. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. We thank you for being able to see, hear, touch, feel, and walk this morning. Provide a way for those who lack any of these, we pray. Lord, we are blessed because you're a forgiving God and an understanding God. You have done so much for us and still keep on blessing us and also our family and friends. We say thank you. Thanks for opening doors to bless and closed doors that would be detrimental. Forgive us of our sins, known and unknown. Continue to keep us safe from all dangers and harm, seen and unseen. Let us start today with a new attitude, plenty of gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. Um, I just want to say something really quick. Uh, when I was given this scripture sent to me, I looked at some of the um, names on here, the native language, and I was like, oh my gosh. I, I have so much trouble pronouncing these, so I was like, Mom, can I just skip over them? She said, no, Rachel, they're in the Bible. They're important. You, <laughs> you cannot skip over them. I was like, dang. So, I, luckily, Dr. Hobbs helped me. Um, I wrote down the best way I could to pronounce them, so I will try my best. If not, just go on with me. <laughs> um, I'll be reading from Acts um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now they were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound of the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And now, sorry, excuse me, and how is that what we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, Judea, I should just let my mom read it, (laughs) Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. This is the word of the Lord.
Thank you, choir. That was a new one to me. I hadn't heard that before. I, I like it. That was good. <laughs> you know, a, a, um, a clear and... Rachel, you did good, by the way. <laughs> but a clear and accurate communication is, I think it's very important for any person to be able to, to get along with others. And, and Kay, I wish Pam was here. I mean, Pam, I wish Kay was here. <laughs> I think she would, have, she would appreciate this story. I, I heard about a man who was once lecturing in South America, and he was planning to use a trans- Translator, because he didn't speak Spanish, so he wanted to use a translator. But in order to identify with his audience, he decided that he was going to begin his speech by saying in Spanish, "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen." That's a good thing to do. Well, he arrived at the auditorium early, and and he realized that he didn't know the words for "ladies and gentlemen" in Spanish. So. Being the resourceful person that he was, he went out to the, the part of the building where the restrooms were, and he looked at the signs on the, on the doors, and he memorized those two words. And then when the audience arrived and he was introduced, he stood up and said, Buenas noches, baños y escobas. Well, the audience, I, some people speak Spanish, I said. <laughs> The audience seemed a little confused by this, and, and, and he, didn't, he didn't know whether he had offended them or perhaps they hadn't heard him or understood him, and so he decided to say it again. Buenas noches, baños y escobas. And then one person in the audience began to snicker a little bit, and then before you know it, the whole audience was just roaring in laughter. And then finally, somebody told the gentleman that he had just said, good evening, bathrooms and broom closets. (laughs) It pays to know the language of the people to whom you are speaking. And of course, even with, with many dialects and accents in our own country, it's sometimes difficult to understand people from different regions and, and, and different, different areas. I, I heard about a, a New Yorker who visited the home of one of his South Carolina business colleagues. And the man's wife introduced him to their little daughter. And she, she told, them, told the man her name is Marlon. And then she said, we named her after my favorite movie star. And so the New Yorker asked, you named your daughter after Marlon Brando? And the mom said, no, silly, I named after Marlon Monroe. It helps if you can speak the language of the person to whom you are speaking. And that's one of the things that I love about this story of Pentecost. You know the story. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all gathered together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were God-fearing Jews staying in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? And then, Rachel, there's a list of 15 uh, nations that were represented there in that day. I'm just not gutsy enough. (laughs) You're braver than I am. (laughs) But think about that. What an amazing event this was. And I've often wondered whether this was a miracle of speaking or a miracle of hearing. Did these uneducated Galileans speak in all of these different languages or... Did they speak in their own language and all of these people who were listening simply heard the words in their own language? Either way, it was a wonderful miracle, wasn't it? And speaking of miracles, I know it's June, but this scene at Pentecost reminds me of a scene in one of my favorite Christmas movies, A Miracle on 34th Street, speaking of miracles. And in the scene, a little girl is brought into the department store to visit Santa Claus, and the and the girl's guardian is not sure that she really should do this, if if it's a good idea for her to do this, because you see, this particular little girl has has been adopted, and she only speaks Dutch. And the woman doesn't want her to be disappointed by a Santa Claus who does not speak her native language. But as Santa takes this little girl onto his lap, he looks into her beautiful eyes and begins speaking to her gently in Dutch. And the little girl's face lights up like a light bulb and and they even begin singing, singing songs in Dutch. She's amazed and and just overwhelmed and overjoyed because Santa knows her language. I wonder if the writers of this movie even knew that once upon a time a thing like that really did happen. You see, on on the day of Pentecost, a group of Galileans were testifying and people from at least 15 different countries heard them in their own language. I want you to think about that for a moment. And think about how difficult communication is, even among people who, who speak the same language. It's hard to communicate sometimes. It's hard to get your point across sometimes because people hear something different from what you're saying or they interpret it in a different way. And communication is even difficult among people who have the same experiences. How many couples in counseling say, we've lost the ability to communicate? And here on this day of Pentecost, we we have people from all across, all spectrums of language and nationalities and experiences, understanding these humble messengers of God. So what can we learn from this story? 
Well, first of all, I think that this story is telling us that the Christian faith is a universal faith. And the miracle here was that people from all over the world understood the gospel message. And I think think that there's a reason for that. I mean, think about it. Why would God have all of these folks from all over the world be able to hear the gospel in their own language? It is because the message of Christ was meant for everybody. Everybody. Not just us. Everybody. You know, like everyone else in the world, we here in America have a tendency to be somewhat ethnocentric. And what I mean by that is that many of us think that everybody else in the world ought to be just like us. And we think they ought to look like us. We think they ought to dress like us. We think they ought to talk like us and act like us. And also, like everybody else in the world, we think that God likes us best. I mean, after all, we are a, quote, Christian nation, aren't we? Or at least we think we are. And so it shocks us when we realize that that God is a universal God. God is not limited to, to Israel. God is not limited to the United States. God is not limited to our way of doing things. And I know that we know that intellectually. We may understand that, but, but at a more basic level, we want God to be like us. We want to create God in our image rather than the other way around. And we think to ourselves, surely God speaks our language as God's native tongue. Surely God has values like we do in our country. And then we meet someone from Africa or Asia or Europe or South America. Someone who is, has a different idea about God. And, and it disturbs us. We thought we had God all figured out. But, but then we find out that there are people all over the world who have different ideas. It used to be said that it was always interesting to watch the Germans and the Americans at social events at the uh, Baptist World Alliance uh, meetings. You see, the, the Americans were always shocked when they saw that the Germans were drinking beer, and the Germans were always appalled that the American women were wearing makeup. My friends, there are wonderful Christian people in almost every nation of this earth, and they, and they naturally see the world through the lens of their own culture, just like we do. And they think that their way is the best way, Just like we do. But folks, let me tell you something. God is a God for everyone. God is the God of the Chinese and the Congolese and the Iraqis and Afghans and North Koreans and Salvadorans and Hondurans as well as Canadians and Americans. And listen to this, folks. 
God has no favorites. What God really favors is justice and righteousness and compassion and love. And wherever you find these characteristics, that's where you'll find God at work. And what God is ultimately seeking is for the day to come when all of the world will know God's love and and will know God's peace and everyone in the world will, will know themselves as sisters and brothers to everyone else. So you see, the Christian faith is a universal faith. It's for everyone. And that's the first thing this passage says to us. The second thing that it says to us is that God comes to us just as we are. People from all of these nations heard the gospel spoken to them directly in their own language. And that's critically important. Ron Mel tells about a time when the, the, the children's choir in his church were presenting a program, a concert there for the worship service. And, and after they sang, Mel learned that there was a, a certain young boy in the congregation who was deaf. He couldn't hear anything. And as the, the con, uh, concert progressed, he was at least a, a little bit interested, mildly interested in watching the children sing, but there was really no message there for him. He, he couldn't understand their words. But then everything changed. You see, the choir began to sing in this little boy's language. You see, they were singing a song, and while they were singing this song, they were signing the words with their hands. They were singing and and signing the beautiful little chorus. Jesus, we crown you with praise. Jesus, we crown you with praise. We love and adore you. Bow down before you. Jesus, we crown you with praise. And the boy suddenly stood up in his seat and his eyes lit up like as big as saucers. And they were singing to him. He could hardly contain his joy. And so with his, his own little hands, he began to, to sing with them as he signed along with the choir. And when the choir finally finished, that excited little boy thought that the evening had been planned just for him. You know what? He was right. Whoever we are, God speaks our language. And we don't have to have a a college degree in order to to hear God speak. We don't even have to speak English. We don't even have to speak at all or hear at all. You see, God's language is a language of the heart. and, And God speaks to us just the way we are. And that's true not only... Of the, with the languages that we speak, but also with our personalities. God speaks to our different personalities. God speaks to us in different ways, depending on the type of person that we are. Have you ever noticed that people are different? <laughs> and some of them are a little more different than others, but people are different. People are different. Some people are easygoing and they seem to be able to get along with just about anybody. And 
Then there are other people that are very precise and they want everything to be done just right in a particular order. And, and, and some people are party animals. They, they're energized by being around other people and being in the limelight. They, they, they try to, to make every event that they participate in a, an enjoyable time. And then there are people who like to be in control and they can be a little impatient with those who are not as action-oriented as they are. People are different. And to a certain extent, God created us that way. It's built into our genetic code. Some of us are more emotional while others are more intellectual. And and I'm convinced that God speaks to engineers different than, than God speaks to artists. I mean, engineers need all of the nuts and bolts of faith to be right in place. And they're trying to work out the formulas in their head while artists see a bigger campus. The point is that God comes to us where we are. And God speaks our language, whatever that language is. And God speaks to us according to our own needs and personalities. Just think about worship. In worship, some people respond more to Scripture, while others respond to the liturgy. Some respond more to to music, and a few may even respond to a sermon. Some people respond more to the beautiful, worshipful tones of the organ and the piano, and others respond more to the celebratory music of guitars and drums. People are different. And Christ breaks into our lives in different ways according to our needs and where we are and who we are. And that, my friends, is the meaning of incarnation. You see, in Christ, God entered into our world. Why? To draw close to humankind and and to reveal to us what God is like. To help us to prepare for the coming of God's kingdom. God came to us at Christmas in the birth of, of Jesus. And God comes to us at Pentecost in the form of God's Holy Spirit. God came speaking our language so that we might know who God is and, and have the abundant life that God offers to us. And now, just like with those disciples, it is our mission to translate the gospel into a language that our friends and our neighbors can understand. I think that's probably what happened with those folks who heard the this miracle take place on that first day of Pentecost. Those who heard and welcomed this message probably took it back to their own lands and laid the foundation for Christ's message to begin in Jerusalem and then to spread out to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. Marilyn Laszlo is a Bible translator in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. In a small village of Hauna. Did I get that right, Rachel? Hauna. <laughs> she teaches the people to read and to write in their own language, and she's helped them to form a, a strong church in this small village. 
Well, one day a canoe from a distant village with 15 people in it arrived at Hauna. They were seeking medical help, and, and they stayed there for about a week. And, and while they were there, they attended worship services where they, they heard the gospel for the very first time. And before they returned home, these visitors asked, Could you come to our village so that we might know about this God too? So several weeks later, some Christians set out for the village and and they arrived to find that there was a new building standing right in the middle of their village. It was very different from all the other buildings and the houses around it. And when the missionaries asked about this building, they were told, that's God's house. That's our church. And the missionaries were, were confused. They knew that there had not been any Christian work in, in, in this part of the country at all. And so they asked, what's the building for? And the buildings and the people said, well, we saw the church in your village and our people decided to build a church too. Now we're just waiting, waiting for someone to tell us about God in our language. My friends, I believe that there are people in this very community who are waiting to hear and to see the gospel of Christ in a language that they can understand. And we dare not wait for them to learn our language, that lofty language of spirituality using words like incarnation and transfiguration and Pentecost and things like that. Those words don't mean a thing to someone who has no experience with God. And so we need to translate the gospel into words and into deeds that no one can misunderstand. Words like love, compassion, forgiveness, acceptance. God speaks to us according to our needs, and our challenge today is to speak to the world according to its needs. And so the question that I leave with you this morning is this. Are you up to the task? My friends, with the power of God's Holy Spirit coursing through our hearts, we can do it. And through the work that God accomplishes through our willing spirits, we can celebrate the miracle of transformed lives. For you see, the Christian faith is a faith for all people. And we are to speak their language. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn, Breathe on Me, number 231. A wonderful hymn that speaks of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And as we sing this, this hymn, let us open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Let, us, let this not be only words. Let it be the prayer of our hearts. And let it be the experience that we have as God's Spirit breaks forth upon us.
that immediately after the service, uh, a few of us will be going to McCreary County uh, for our train bill. Sybil Keach and Mike Sugg will be representing Community Baptist Church in McCreary County as they build a house for a worthy family this week. So, uh, so we send them off with our prayers and good and good thoughts, and we wish you the best for this week and, and a beautiful week. And we promise to you, we commit to you, each of us here today, that we will be praying for you each day as you uh, as you represent us and represent our Lord in McCreary County. Let us bow. We have been given the gift of God's Holy Spirit. So may we go forth from here and may we send forth from here those who are empowered and equipped by the Spirit to be Christ's body, doing Christ's work in Christ's name in the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.